Hey, sis. Welcome to this week's episode of Grown Woman Stuff with me, Julie Jones. It is the follow-up to last week's conversation. If you missed Married AF, Married and Faithful, protecting our marriage from infidelity, finding sexual satisfaction, and communicating about sex with therapist Alicia Olatunde. If you missed it, make sure you check it out and then come back for this week's episode because it's part two, Married AF, Sexology and the Saints Channel. Because growing up in church, pretty much all I heard, don't have sex before you get married. That's it. And then after you get married, there's conflicting ideas of what's okay in the bedroom. You know what I'm saying? I know Hebrews 13.4 talks about the marriage bed is honorable to all and it's undefiled. Some might take that to mean anything goes. Ain't no threesomes in the kingdom, child. While others believe that just being a missionary is what you're supposed to do in the bedroom. And when I say missionary, I don't mean going to another country. You know what I mean. Read between the lines. And if you were a person who didn't wait until you got married, I'm in that club with you. But as far as the east is from the west, our sins and transgressions have been forgiven. Hallelujah. Won't he do it? But then you're trying to live a life of sexual holiness that might cause you to hold back just a little bit. So the saints, some of the saints might be having some issues, child. I heard a pastor once say something that was very crass, but it did bring some truth to it. He said the same devil that made you wet, like when you was dating and belonged to the streets, is the same one that makes you dry marriage. I was like, oh, but I kind of got what he said. Sex doesn't become a priority anymore. Or maybe you've become so much into religiosity that it's made you not even relax in sex with your own spouse. Yeah, it's a lot, child. So today we're having a conversation, married AF, married and faithful, sexology and the saints with Kim. Kimberly Stutson. Kimberly is a sexuality coach. In fact, she actually went from being a bedroom candy consultant to doing marriage workshops in churches. If you like how that happened, oh, you won't have to listen in to find that out, sis. And I realize everything ain't for everybody. I would never tell someone to do something that they're uncomfortable with. If it's sin to you, don't do it. If your conscience is pricked, don't do it. But the conversation goes beyond marital aids and somebody's freak number, okay? But we get into having a real conversation about finding your sexual voice, satisfaction. What if you you do have problems reaching the mountaintop. You know what mountaintop I'm talking about, not the one Martin was looking down. Kim helps with all of that. She takes her work very serious. Now again, I realize everything ain't for everybody. So if you were super faint and stuff offends you and you like, we don't do that over in holiness, that's fine. Um, meet me back here next week when we talk about something else. But if you ready for some grown, grown conversation, this is one you don't want to miss. Look, the Song of Solomon, they get down, okay? All them fruits and breasts looking like towers and everything. So good sex with your spouse, that is okay with God. So lean in for Married AF, Married and Faithful, Part 2, Sexology and the Saints with Kimberly Stetson. You know, I've been on this thing since I've been watching, like, the Hillsong documentary and stuff. I want to talk about, you know, sex, particularly among the couples, the believers. And my buddy, Kimberly Stutson, is a certified sexuality coach. We've heard of dating coaches, life coaches, love coaches, executive coaches. So why not a sexuality one as well? Does marriage retreats, marriage workshops in the churches and stuff. How are you doing today, my friend, Kimberly? Doing wonderful, Julie. How are you? Doing great. First of all, okay, we got a sidebar real quick because you are also a bedroom candy consultant, and that kind of led you to your current path. Share a little bit about that, Miss Kim. Um, first of all, I just want to say when I first started bedroom candy, like I was a person that had never been to like I didn't do sex parties. I didn't. If anybody mm-hmm. said that's what it was, I wasn't gonna go. Mm-hmm. And I had maybe gotten tricked into one in my lifetime. So when I first started selling bedroom candy, I did it for the money. I was looking for another stream of income. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking like, oh my God, am I gonna be able to do this? And after, you know, I started researching and I decided to go with bedroom candy. And 
I started thinking, you know, researching like, <clears throat> what do all the products do? And I thought to myself, like somebody like me could really benefit from somebody like me. So mm. I always had questions about, you know, sex or sexual toys or, you know, what's the benefit of a lube? So with being with Bedroom Candy, it actually led me down that road just because of mm -hmm. the products that we sell. And for those who kind of clutch their pearls at the idea, there's some casual products one might use. For instance, women who go through perimenopause and menopause, Kim, I'm sure you've talked to them, vaginal dryness. There, I've actually heard women say, I, I just can't take one for the team no more. I recently read a story about a woman. Her husband actually thought that she was turned off by him and she didn't love him anymore. But the fact of the matter was, sex hurt too bad because of the changes in her body. So she could use a little product from you, Miss Kim. I, she found something, girl. Just to let you know, she all right now. <laughs> and you know what, Julie? That is so true because how many times, I mean, just think about this. You and your girlfriend sitting around, y'all drinking, y'all talking about things. How many times y'all ever be like, girl, I am really dry. Like, what, what kind of lube do you use? What is the best lube? Lube is not a conversation that we have. Like, no, ma'am. As women, sometimes we feel ashamed to say, like, we are a little mm -hmm. dry or we feel like it's not the right thing to say, especially nowadays with the WAP song and all that. You know, everybody's always talking about how wet they are. Nobody wants to admit that they're dry. Or, or some or some other things, which we're going to get into, because as a sexuality <laughs> coach, what are some of the biggest hindrances to women having not just a lack of sexual confidence, but learning how to advocate for their own satisfaction? I mean, you could be with Bubba for 27 years, y'all done had four, four or five children, you got grandchildren, but yet you kind of taken one for the team and never have really been in that sexual happy place. Exactly. And you you know what? That is one of the things that I have found. There's a lot of women that will actually say um, when I'm talking to them that they don't believe they've ever had an orgasm. And they don't, you know, you think about somebody that's been with your partner for 20 years and you never had an orgasm that, you know, you're thinking in your head, like, how is that even possible? But as women, even from, you know, a young age, we're taught that this is your husband and you have to please your husband. So mm -hmm. you have to do what your husband say or whatever. So we don't go in and really research and try to figure out like, well, I want to have that orgasm. Or I want to know what that feels like. That is just, those are just subjects that we really don't touch on. But with my line of work, that is something that I do talk to people about all the time about enjoying sex from the beginning to the end. So if you're dry and you've got that tightness or that pinching going on, you're not going to enjoy it in the beginning. And like you said with your friend, like she just basically didn't want to have sex no more. And all she really needed to do was just add like some lube to get herself lubricated. But we don't understand that. We we be mm -hmm. thinking like, you know, if we're using something like that, then it's something wrong with us. And mm -hmm. it's not. Mm. Just like women who haven't, let's talk about that for a second. Women who haven't reached the big O, like ever. I remember there was a reality show and Jackie Reed who used to be on BET. That was a struggle for her and it never, ever happened. How does a sexuality coach help a woman to help herself? Because I believe that you have to be confident in you and secure in you instead of just focusing on please your partner, which as women, particularly in the church, that's what you've been taught to do. And that is very true. A lot, you know, we are taught to we need to please our partner, but we don't think about ourselves. And women, just in general, we are such caretakers. Yes. Like we're taking care of everybody in the family, but we don't take care of ourselves. And part of having an orgasm is taking care of yourself. So one of the things is sitting down and talking with that person. You want to 
you know, find out like what is kind of blocking them. Is it, you know, what they've been, they've been brought up with, with saying, you know, it's just to please your husband. Sex is not something that you should be enjoying. It's for their enjoyment. You know, once that person can get past whatever has hindered them from Mm -hmm. achieving that orgasm. And one of the biggest things I find with women is we are such multitaskers. So even though we're laying down with our partner and we're having sex, we're supposed to be enjoying it, in our minds, we're thinking something else. Like we're thinking about like, oh my God, did I turn off the stove? I gotta do the laundry, I gotta do this, I gotta do this for the kids. If a woman can just lay back, relax and enjoy the moment and get out of her head, nine times out of 10, she's gonna go ahead and have an orgasm. She's gonna enjoy the sex and have an orgasm. But isn't a mental block a big hindrance, even putting pressure on yourself to make sure you have one? Or if you have a, a spouse that's like, oh baby, did, did you tell, tell me when? Did you do it? Did you do it? That's a lot of performance <laughs> pressure. Can, now, Coach Kim, I know you done heard somebody c- come with that story. <laughs> no pun intended. I have, I have uh, that that is very very true. But it's just like like I said with women, that mental block is a huge hindrance. If we can get out of our heads and just allow ourselves to relax, we can achieve we can achieve anything. Okay. <laughs> well, you heard, and she's a whole sexuality coach. Coach Kim said you can achieve it, girl. If you can believe it, you can achieve it. Now, you work with churches with these various workshops because, you know, your sister do my hair. Hey, Charlotte. Hey, girl. Hey. And I was just wondering, Kim, because to me, that would be a ministry that I would definitely partake in. So when you go into the churches, what is it that you provide for couples and information, particularly, Kim, because let's be honest, some of the saints right now, this conversation, they probably like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this and the third. But, you know, it ain't the foul. God love you. He wants you to be he wants you to be happy in your marital ministry (laughs) correct correct and you know what julie to be honest with you um with the churches sometimes it depends um because some of the churches still are you know in the belief like you know if i say bedroom candy they're like oh my god no 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 you can't do any of our events you can't come to our things we're we're not looking for that but in actuality, especially with married couples, and this is what I found when I'm from doing these events, a lot of times with married couples, for the man, for the man, they tend to put their wives up on a pedestal. Oh, so wow. they're okay. not going to ask their wives to give them head. If she's not one of these people that's coming in, providing oral already, they're not going to ask her, but they will go out and find somebody else oh. that they don't respect as much and they don't feel like it's on a pedestal. And they tend to have them perform the things or tell them what they want sexually, which causes the infidelity in the marriage. Mm. So I feel like if more churches would just, you know, allow the people, allow people to be open and just, you know, partners communicate with each other. And that is one of the main things when I'm Mm -hmm. at um, there, when I'm there at the events that I will tell people that you got to communicate with your partner. Like, mm-hmm. don't don't come over and tell me you want to purchase this and ask me what should I get? Because you need to be coming with your partner so you can, you know, because you both want to enjoy it. You yeah. just don't want to come over there and be like, oh, I'm going to just buy this big old penis looking thing. <laughs> you know, because with your partner, you want to get something that both people can enjoy that's not intimidating. Because men do tend to be intimidated if you start talking about 
toys or, you know, they are always thinking like you're going to maybe do something different, you know, like, you know, try to anal play with them. But one of the things is if a couple can communicate and you can say, this is what, you know, I like, this is what I, or I've done this in the past. And it's a, it's a conversation that's very easy to have. You should never, if this mm-hmm. is your husband, this is your partner, yeah. this should be somebody that you can have a conversation with and tell them what you're like or what you dislike. And it, it could just be something in the, you could say something like I, in the past I've tried. Mm. I had one lady come up to me and she said, my husband has used toys in the past, but he's never used a toy with me. What toy should I give him to use with me? You know, I couldn't tell her, well, you know, this, you're going to take this over there and he's going to, you know, get, you should buy this. I actually gave her like some different options. Take these mm-hmm. back to him, say this to him and ask him what he would like. Because I always want somebody to purchase something, not only that they're going to just take and, you know, throw in their drawer. I want them to use it. I want them to talk about it. I want them to tell their friends about it. And then there's other products for those who don't do the toy thing, like warming massage creams and, and things like that. So it's a plethora of products. And it's funny, Ken, because, and I've been knowing you and Shar, you know, for, for a long time. And I knew y'all grew up in the church and all this holiness. So that's why I'm so intrigued when I found out what you do and speaking to couples, because a lot of people, you know, you grow up in this box what you're supposed to do, what you're not supposed to do. I remember reading this book called Intimate Issues, 21 Questions Christian Women Ask About Sex. I read it years ago, and it was so freeing. And it sounds like, to me, and you just let me know, uh, Coach Kim, when you talk to couples, perhaps some of them are getting freedom from what they've been told what was okay and what was not okay. And that is true. And And that's one of the things is like, what goes on in a couple's bedroom should stay in a couple's bedroom. Mm-hmm. So therefore, anything that you and your partner is talking about, y'all should be the only two that's talking about that. Wow. And from that, there sh- that's where your action should come. <laughs> but one of the another thing, Julie, is like you said, with the massage oils and that those type of products, intimacy and sex are two different things. Okay. So the intimacy is important. Sex is important, but intimacy is important too. And the intimacy is just that touching, that rubbing, you know, where you're doing the massage oil, where you're kissing, where you're just talking, where you're cuddling. That's the intimacy because that's going to last you longer than the sex because you you all know, as we get a little older, (laughs) everything don't work. So if you can't do, you know, if the sex is not there, but you have that intimacy that's how it can still last. And I think intimacy is what you just said, even more important than the sex, because if you have the intimacy in my mind, and I ain't a sexuality coach, uh, you know, Sister Kim, but I have been married for over two decades, so I know (laughs) know a thing or two. (laughs) But intimacy is so important, and do you find that it also starts in setting the mood, the tone? Because I always say, if there's conflict or upset, guess what else is conflicted and upset? That. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're correct. <laughs> you are very correct. And another thing, you know, like for women, sometimes we will tend to be angry. And the first thing we want to withhold is sex. Mm. Like that, that should never, ever be happening with a married couple, period. Like you should not be ho- withholding sex or using sex as a punishment. Sex, you know, is something that the two of you should both be enjoying Mm -hmm. But you still need that intimacy because it is that intimacy usually that kind of leads to the or, you know, intimacy foreplay. But it all kind of works in together. 
and then that leads to happy sex. So, you know, not yeah. uh, not obliged sex, because when you're brought up to taught a woman should just please her husband. And I still say there needs to be a ministry that says, husbands, this is what you need to, you know. I mean, I'm happy. That ain't that ain't my problem, but that ain't everybody's issue. I ain't trying to tell my mm-hmm. business, Coach Kim, but, you know, <laughs> I do be happy. Um, but also, when you're under the whole pressure of it's all up to the woman. And I just think that's, it, it's the patriarchy. And to put that all on the woman, we carry so much. We, we don't want to carry the sex, do That's correct. That is correct. But that's part of what I was saying, that mental, like, mm-hmm. if you're thinking about all the pressure that's on you, you know, to, you know, you know, you got to please your husband, you know, you got to do this, you know, you got to do that. But at the same time, if you and your husband are communicating, you're telling your husband, you know, I really like when you do this, I really like when you do that. And that's another thing when you're, you know, talking to your partner, talk to your partner in in a way that's not downgrading. Yeah. So you want to tell your partner, like, you don't be like, you get over here and you better do this. You know, you tell them, you know, maybe I really liked when you do this or, you know, I really didn't like that, but you know, let's, let's try something different. You know, so it's all about how you're talking to your partner. Women, we tend to like overthink a lot of things, like as mm-hmm. far as even things like, you know, just doing something like um, oral sex. So with the oral sex, I find a lot of women will say, well, I'm not very good at it, so I don't really do it, or I don't really like it, or, you know, your partner is gonna think your oral sex is good if you come in with the right attitude. If you come in and you tell them, boy, come on, this is that time of day, let me go and get it to you. you know? They're going to be like, well, I don't know if I really want it. You know, they're not going to enjoy it versus you be like, you know, just coming in and you're just talking real sweet and you just be like, oh, yeah, I just, you know, I just can't wait. Oh, my God. I just I, I just need to just lick you right now. You know, if you're saying something like that, it makes a whole different scenario to where maybe you wouldn't think like, you know, I don't I'm not very good at it, so I shouldn't do it at all. Because if this is something mm-hmm. that your partner liked, then this is something that perhaps you should give it a try or perhaps you should, you know, talk about with your partner and see, you know, what parts do they like. I guarantee you, your partner ain't going to complain if you in there being nice with a smile on your face <laughs> and giving oral sex. They are not going to complain. They're going to complain if you come in with the do-rag and you're whining about it and you don't want to do it. That's that's when they complain. Wait a minute. You're talking about the do-rag. So it's so funny because I got a leopard bonnet. And, mm-hmm. you know, what? When my hair was wrapped, Kim, and my husband came in, you know, oh, man, you you, know, you got that bonnet on. They can't look past the bonnet. Just, just I, my hair was wrapped. You know, as black women, like, we care about our hair, so we ain't going to go to sleep with nothing on our head. Like, that ain't happening. But perhaps you can take the bonnet and just slip it under the pillow, you know, down and do what we do. And then it's okay to slip that bonnet back off. I know. I just don't want to rewrap my head that night. But sometimes (laughs) I do. Now, sometimes I, I ain't trying to TMI, but we all girlfriends. I feel like we're in this together. Transparency and authenticity is key. Now, I pull it back in a little low ponytail or braided or something, but... Child, I had, ooh, yeah, and I had just got it done. I was like, sir, you have to close your eyes. Julie, it's just like when we get our hair done and we want to sleep pretty, we want to sex pretty too. So go ahead and just, you know, you can work that top. Well, you can work that top too. Take that bonnet off and work the top where you're not, you know, your head is not getting much pillow action. (laughs) 
hey, that is practical advice, and that is what I am all about. But I want to ask you, Kim, what role does trust and safety play, like feeling safe and accepted in a relationship when it comes to having satisfying uh, sex? I, I believe trust and safety really are it, elements. It does. It plays a huge, huge role. If you don't trust your partner and you don't feel safe with your partner, then you're not going to communicate with your partner. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to, you know, relax or be yourself. Like you're going to still kind of be on edge or be tense or kind of have that wall up to where, you know, I can only give this much versus, you know, I think the best sex is the freeing sex where we're just free. We don't care. We're, you know, we're just, you know, mm -hmm. just being us. We don't have to, you know, there's, this is a judgment-free zone. Nobody is judging us for what we do. Yeah. We're just doing what, you know, we're just enjoying each other. So a couple comes to you that couples come to you, correct? Or is it just one, Kim? It can be couples or it can be one. Okay. Now, if someone doesn't feel comfortable with their own issue and they, and they come to you, what would you advise them? Because I think there, I was watching, uh, what was it? Love and Marriage Huntsville. And Kimmy, I know, girl, reality TV. Kimmy was going <laughs> through her chemo treatments for cancer, and it took her sex drive. And she admitted to her husband, Maurice, that sometimes she just took one for the team because she really wasn't feeling it. And he felt really insulted. He's like, oh, you're faking it. But that happens with women, I believe, who perhaps aren't going through anything and they don't want to share that with their mate, whether it's because of shame or they don't want them to feel bad or they feel dysfunctional. How, how do you coach them? Well, one of the things is like, whenever you're talking to somebody, like you have to figure out exactly what their issue is. And mm -hmm. from there, you can actually um, coach them from that direction. But everybody's issues being be different some you know mm -hmm. they'd be different yeah. so like with her it was a cancer thing the number one thing is she did the right thing by talking yeah. to her partner him on the other hand feeling like she was faking it versus appreciating that she did you know go ahead and you know still mm -hmm. attempted to perform even though she wasn't enjoying it or for whatever reason you know for for reasons it's obvious mm -hmm. But that's that's something that if you first if you work it out first with that first person, that second person is going to need to be involved too mm -hmm. for it to really work for the couple. Okay. Like you're not going to be able to just coach on one side mm. in a situation like that. If the problem was only her, then you could coach from that one side. But if the problem is, because mm -hmm. to me that's a problem too. If if you get upset saying I faked it, even though I took the time. <laughs> yeah, I took the time trying to please you that I'm up here trying to live my life. But for women who I, I never I never forget, my friend had a conversation one time and she was saying, and this was long ago, but it always stuck with me. She was talking about her partner that had just got married. And she said he doesn't understand that like I didn't climax, but that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy myself. But as a sexuality coach, have you discovered some women find sex satisfying for other reasons versus just hitting the mountaintop? Yeah, I mean, that's <clears throat> that also, I mean, that kind of goes like with everything we're saying. I mean, some women just like the, you know, the feel of the body on them or the, mm -hmm. you know, just the touching. So they may not get an orgasm. Just like, I mean, Julie, if we're being honest, do we always get an orgasm? 
we don't always get an orgasm, but <laughs> but we enjoyed the situation. Mm-hmm. Like we enjoyed the encounter. I'll say that mm-hmm. we enjoyed the encounter. So that's what I would say is even though you enjoyed the encounter, it doesn't mean that you have to have this mind blowing orgasm every time. And there's different types of orgasm. You have the most obvious, which is clitoral, and then deeper cervical ones or the G-spot one. Now, for somebody who don't know, what's the difference, Coach Kim? I'm going to let you do your thing. Is this your ministry? (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) So, you know, Julie, like, if you have, like, one part of your body that's been stimulated, then that's just an orgasm. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you got two parts of your body being stimulated, so whether, you know, you're being, there's penetration with clitoral uh, play on there, that's two parts of your body being stimulated. So that's a bigasm. So if you have like three parts of your body being stimulated, that's a trigasm. So whether they are, you know, stimulating the breast or, you know, they're penetrating, they're playing with the clitoris, like there's so many different um zones on our body Mm -hmm. that can stimulate and turn us on but when you've got someone that's working you know several different parts on your body then your orgasms can be stronger i don't think i answered your question though no but (laughs) no this is good because somebody's intrigued right now somebody needs to know that there is a did you say a trial orgasm waiting for them (laughs) so there's if you have one part of your body stimulated Mm -hmm. that's just an orgasm if you have two parts of your body being stimulated, that's a bigasm. If you have three parts of your body being stimulated, that's a trigasm. So a trigasm is like the strongest orgasm. Those are the ones you don't forget. So if anybody is sitting here saying, hmm, have I had a trigasm? You have not. Because you don't forget those. <laughs> those are those memorable ones. <laughs> that's coming. That's coming from Coach Kim. <laughs> she said that's one that you remember but I do think that orgasms can feel different like if you have a surface clitoral versus deep explain a little bit about the anatomy and how one could reach the different ones coach Kim so 75% of women cannot even achieve an orgasm without some uh, clitoral stimulation mm-hmm. and the clitoris everybody thinks is just like that one little dot that's just right there between the lips the clitoris is actually shaped like a wishbone. So those um, nerves of the clitoris actually run along the lips of um, the uh, the lips of the vagina. So the clitoris is not just that one little area. So um, with that little wishbone shape, if you think about it, if you think about a wishbone and you think about, you know, those are nerves. So where the the bones on the wishbone be going down, those are the nerves of the clitoris. So the clitoris has like ten thousand nerves in there. So if somebody <clears throat> can definitely achieve a uh, orgasm just from clitoral stimulation. Mm-hmm. So, but you can also, if someone is having, um, with the G spot, so the G spot, everybody thinks like, you know, the G spot, like you got to go deep. The G spot is only, um, two to four inches in. So like if you stuck your fingers in and you curve them upward, you would feel like a little hard, not it's the g-spot kind of gets hard when women when we're turned on and so not only art can they achieve it that way but also on the top about the if you think about um 
the finger, if you think about your fingers being curved up where your fingers are pointing at, if you touch it on the outside of the vagina, mm -hmm. like up at the top at the outside, that's actually putting a little pressure on the G-spot as well. So like if you've got somebody that's penetrating and then they push that little area, that can cause you to have a stronger orgasm as well. So it just, for a lot of people with the orgasms, it really depends on what they like. That's one of the things I mm. always talk about too at my parties is, you know, what what do you like? Because some people cannot even achieve, achieve an orgasm from penetration. Mm -hmm. So those are the people that you're talk that you'll talk to that says, well, I really only like oral. I just do the penetration because of him, you know? So those are the people that would not even be able to achieve it if their partner didn't add some clitoral stimulation in there or do something more. Okay. Now I got to ask this uh, question, uh, Coach Kim, particularly for women who are in the perimenopause or menopausal state, because that can also affect not only libido, but we talked earlier about dryness. How can a woman deal with her sexual dysfunction during that period and get back to, you know, making it do what it do, Coach Kim? So usually when we're in that stage at uh, that stage in life, usually it's a hormonal imbalance mm -hmm. that's kind of making us lose our sex drive. So at that point, you really want to visit your doctor and just find out because whatever hormones are missing that's making that sex drive go down, that's something you want to deal with with your medical doctor and have them, once mm -hmm. those hormones are replaced, you'll find like, you know, your sex drive to be even stronger. And there's some people who've never just had a high sex drive. And we don't want them to think something's wrong with them because everybody, as you point out, whether you have individual challenges or individual desires, it's all that. It's person by person. That's true. So everybody's sex drive is different. So you can't go, and that's one of the things like, you know, you'll sit around with your girlfriends and you're talking about like, oh girl, yeah, he put it on me and <laughs> we have sex, you know, five times a day. You ain't, you ain't working? <laughs> <laughs> well, we stay in there all day. You know, you can't judge by what somebody else say. You can only judge by your body, mm -hmm. you know, your desire, your drive. Because sometimes, you know, we may be, some people are maybe with their partner for not the sexual reason. Mm -hmm. Like they could be like financial. Like if you're only with your husband because you want them to, or your partner, if you're only with them because you want, you know, they pay the bills. So mm -hmm. they do this. So nine times out of 10, you're probably turned off by that person. Oh. That person doesn't turn you on sexually. If that person doesn't turn you on sexually, your drive's not going to be there. You know, that's, that's the same thing with women too. Like we're thinking like, oh, something's wrong with me. I didn't get as wet with him as I did with somebody else. Or, you know, you want to keep in mind, like, did that person really turn me on? Because mm. men can be turned on in basically one or two minutes. You already know. They up, they ready to go. <laughs> For women, we need a good 10 minutes of some kind of foreplay, whether you're touching, you're kissing, you're rubbing, you're sucking, whatever you're doing, you need to be doing something <laughs> to stimulate our bodies to get our juices flowing. So our juices don't just instantly flow like their, you know, penis can instantly go erect. Oh, my 
my goodness. Oh, man. Coach Kim, sexuality coach, doing <laughs> you you doing you doing some work. You helping couples. You helping people find what they need in that marital bed. You're doing your ministry, sis. Now, if someone is listening, uh, Kimberly, and they would like to maybe invite you for the next marriage workshop or women's group, because I feel like this conversation needs to be had. And while some people might feel uncomfortable, read the Song of Solomon, because that book is, is, is wild if you read it. It's like, oh, okay, sexuality, all right, all right, we cool. Because like like we discussed earlier, getting rid of the quote-unquote churchiness of it, we want to get mm-hmm. into the reality that this is okay and that it's natural. And being happy and pleased and pleasing one another, that's a work that is worthy. So if somebody's wanting that, Kim, what do they need to do? Um, you can contact me. My email address is BK bkbc by kim at gmail.com you can also find me under facebook under bedroom candy by kim um or you can reach out to me you know via phone at 405-388-0498 and she travels too (laughs) i do travel i do travel my goal right now julie is just to Mm -hmm. say a marriage one orgasm at a time. I want to save those marriages just one orgasm at a time. She said, I want to save marriages one orgasm at a time. There's somebody right now that is testifying. They are running around the room, Sister Kim. They're like, hallelujah, won't he do it? And I don't know if I asked you this, Kim, but how did you even first, before we wrap this up, how did you even first end up connecting with the churches? We know you did the parties and you followed the path of sexuality. How did you first end up connecting? The first time that I connected, I had did a party and I always keep my parties like real clean. Like, I don't yeah. believe you got to be vulgar, you know, to talk about your products. And there was actually a pastor's wife at the party. I didn't even know that. But I, I talked to everybody. I don't want nobody mm-hmm. to be uncomfortable. Yeah. So I talked to everybody the same. Like, I'm not going to say anything that's going to make you feel uncomfortable. And so she invited me to do another party with nothing but pastor pastor wives. And from there, I got told about the first marriage retreat. And from there, it's just kind of rolled on. But it all started with a pastor's wife being at one of my parties. And when I talk at my parties, my parties are more educational. They're not raunchy. I don't don't believe, you know, you got to hump somebody to show them what they do. (laughs) All you got to do is tell them what these products do and let them imagine their partners, not you. Look at Coach Kim out here teaching the people. Kimberly Stutson, certified sexuality coach. Let her come work a ministry near you. Make marriages happy because you say for marriages one orgasm at a time. Ain't that what you said? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Girl, keep doing the work of the Lord. Well, Kim, I appreciate you so much, sis. Cannot wait to connect with you again. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you, Julie, for having me. Well, sis, that was quite a conversation, not for the weak at heart. And while sex and marriage is a serious topic, I wanted to have some fun with it because after all, sex should be fun with your spouse as well. So I appreciate Kimberly Stutson, certified sexuality coach, speaking to us during Married AF and Faithful Part 2, Sexology and the Saints. Because let's be clear, we're taught to be fruitful and multiply, but do we really talk about enjoying sex with our spouses? That's why I love the Song of Solomon because, hunty, so you talking about my lover's like an apple tree in the woods. I enjoy his fruit and let my lover enter the garden and eat his best fruits. It's like, oh, okay, wow. And you know what? God is okay with us enjoying sex and our partners. And there's many things that keep us from doing that. A lack of confidence. 
body issues, previous sexual abuse, or even if you come from a lifestyle of promiscuity and then you come into a relationship with Christ, you go the complete opposite where everything about sex is horrible, but not in the confinement of marriage. And we have to unlearn certain things that maybe we were taught that weren't exactly correct when it comes to a wife owning her voice and enjoying sex. Look, and maybe you're not even married, but I hope this conversation prepares you for that down the road because marriage is not easy. While I love it, you go through ups and downs. You have many trials and tribulations, but you should always be able to come together in intimacy and enjoy one another no matter what else is going on. But we can't do that if we're in our heads, getting in our own way or not having a voice to what we want and desire. So that's why communication is important and prayer. Yeah, pray about intimacy with your spouse. Ain't nothing wrong with that, child. You have not because you ask not. We need to pray about everything. We pray about our jobs. We pray about our friends. We pray about health issues. So why not pray about a relationship, which includes having a healthy, satisfying sex life? I appreciate Kim's honesty and openness. And like I said, everything's not for everybody. But one thing that is for all of us to enjoy the spouse that we're with in every way possible. And I hope that gives you some food for thought and that you're able to do that. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Grown Woman Stuff with me, Julie Jones. We'll do it again next time. But in the meantime, don't forget to check me out weekdays on KPRS Hot One. 3 Jams, 10 a.m. till 3 p.m. You can also listen online at kprs.com or download the Hot 103 Jams mobile app. Music Alpha Music Library, property Carter Broadcast Group.